I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. It really wasn't uh, until finding Bitcoin that I realized that it wasn't impossible to have a good sound money that a couple of people in a room somewhere that know nothing about me, you know, can decide um, its issuance, its it's everything, all of the rules about it. And so uh, I was definitely already, I had kind of given up on money as a, as a thing in general. And so Bitcoin um, was really nice to find that, that you could preserve wealth in a monetary instrument. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Josh Kogler, who's the owner of Rock and K General Contracting, which he started in 2016. From a young age, Josh has had a strong entrepreneurial spirit, whether it was catching as many flies in the house as he could because his dad paid one penny per dead fly, starting an automotive detailing business at the age of 15, or working a myriad of side jobs, Josh never shied away from a challenge. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation with Josh, but before we get to it, we have this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight, and this week we're going to Josh's local Bitcoin meetup of Bend, Oregon. Get ready to bend your mind with Bitcoin. Join the Bend Bitcoin Meetup, where you can explore the exciting world of Bitcoin in a fun and relaxed environment. The meetups feature lively discussions, guest speakers, and networking opportunities with like-minded individuals. Recent events have included a beginner's guide to buying Bitcoin and a panel discussion on the future of decentralized finance. Don't be left behind. Come bend the future with Bend Bitcoin. You can find them on Twitter at Bend Bitcoin. And if you don't happen to be in Oregon but want to find a Bitcoin meetup near you, I encourage you to download the Oshi app where you'll be able to do just that. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Josh right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with a Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. When and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? So I think I first learned about it in about 2018 or so. Um, and like most people, I didn't do anything nearly soon enough with it after hearing about it for the first time. Had to had to hear about it many times. But it was through a podcast I listened to that's on entrepreneurial help as well as homesteading and kind of modern day survivalism. And then from there, did you just uh, catch the vision like right on or did it take a little bit of time for you to understand the value of Bitcoin? 
It, it took me quite a bit of time. I'm uh, being a contractor, you know. I'm I can see hammers and nails and boards and things really well. But uh, putting putting my time and energy into something that that I thought only existed in the computer world uh, took me quite a while to grasp. <laughs> What's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? Yeah, so it's just that that uh, that Bitcoin is real. So. Um, while while the ledger is stored digitally and and uh, you know through um, through the internet, it's it takes real work, it takes real energy, it takes real people to to make that network so strong and so sound, so resilient, immutable, uncensorable. And I think that was once I realized that, then then I had no more qualms about it at all whatsoever. What's the Bitcoin resource that you must recommend to other people? I think my number one resource, I would say. That um, that really changed the way I looked at a lot of things, not just Bitcoin, but was the the Price of Tomorrow by Jeff Booth. Um, mm-hmm. The the general idea of the book is that that technology is deflationary, and so you know, again, through my lens of being a contractor and a builder, you know, you just think everything is going up in cost all the time, and and uh, you know, I really started to look around at a job site and thinking about uh, the the plumbers that that used to have to use copper and sand and sweat, and um, you know, they had to mine that out of the ground and refine it and put it into molds and all of these things, and now we. Have pecs made out of plastic that just rolls out in 300 foot long runs, and it it should really be about five percent of the cost that it was in the 70s, and and that's about what it is if you asked a plumber to do it all in copper, it, it would be about 20x what uh, what it is with pecs, and so to see that even with that technology, that the cost today is still so much higher than back then is really um, really changed my view a lot. And I think that'll probably that probably foreshadows some of our conversation today. Just getting your insight on contracting, costs of things, supply chain, and uh, I feel like you probably have some really good insight connected to just why things are so expensive or how things are so expensive. So, uh, very interested in hearing a little bit more from you about that. The next two questions kind of go a little bit away from Bitcoin. Question number four is this: Beyond Bitcoin, what is a resource, tool, or idea that's been helpful to you or your business recently? Yeah, so I would say it was about a year ago I started. I had been familiar with a technology called Gantt charts, and uh, I hadn't really found any software that that worked well for me and that that made sense and was was affordable. And I finally came across um, some some online resources that that uh, enables you to build your own, manage your own Gantt charts. And, and basically what a Gantt chart is, for anyone that doesn't know, is you've got your task list, you know, listed down the left side of your screen, and then across the right is a calendar. And what's really nice about that is, um, as most people probably know, that in construction, a lot of things change and things come up. And so um, I would build it all out into a Google Calendar or something like that. And then you have one little issue or one thing goes faster than you thought. And all of a sudden, um, that whole calendar is garbage and you got to go redo the whole thing. So with this, you can link everything together. Um, you can link dependencies and know. So if anything moves or adjusts, it all you know self-populates. With, with your one adjustment. Question number five, we call it our arbitrary but insightful question is this, as a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I think I would have to say why not, I guess, would uh, would be a little bit 
you know, resonates with me a little bit more. And, and the reason why is I, I used to a lot of times think, you know, I can't do that because. And so I really tried hard and worked hard to, to retrain my brain to say, how can I? And I think that that, uh, that often, you know, as bad as fiat money and a lot of other things are, sometimes the worst thing is our own minds telling us that we're not capable or that we can't do X, Y, or Z because of A, B, and C. And so um, I, I try to ask, why not? How can I on a regular basis? Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. And Linkster is not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Com. Linkster, secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. So today, Josh, we're here to talk about Rock and K. I found uh, I found your business on Bitlist, which is something that Swan has helped to develop. If you are looking for businesses in your area or businesses even online that you could potentially work with who are uh, Bitcoin friendly, maybe even run by Bitcoiners, Bitlist is a great place to go. Josh, you graciously uh, said you'd hop on here. You have a contracting business. I'd like to hear a little bit about that business to start off and maybe some of the ways that you have uh, at least kind of tested the waters with integrating Bitcoin into what you're doing. Yeah, so um, so it's a, a fairly small company. I've got myself and, and three full-time employees, and we really specialize in additions, ADUs, which are uh, auxiliary dwelling units. So think a little mother-in-law suites or studios out back, some... Um, they can be rentals or for you know extended family things like that, uh, and then we also do a lot of remodels. I've been doing that since uh, 2016. Started my own business, wanted a little more personal freedom, personal sovereignty, a lot of the same things that drive people to Bitcoin. Some of the ways I've I've uh, tried to convince customers to uh, to pay in Bitcoin, and um, I get that sometimes on small jobs. Um, you know when people are doing pavers and things like that. A lot of times with the with the additions and the ADUs, a lot of that's coming straight from a bank for uh, construction loans, refi with cash out, that kind of stuff, home equity loans. Um, so that's been a little more rare and. Uh, 
and even with those, I uh, often I get uh, kind of get the the blank stare, like I've got uh, you know, like I'm a crazy man, even even suggesting that. And I've found a lot of customers have called me, you know, year or so later, six months later, two years later, and say, "Hey, I remember, you know, you you offered to accept this. I'm thinking about getting into it, and then starting to ask questions because um, now once they've seen, you know, that I've run a good business, I've built them quality products, done a good job, you know, then that, and they know that I use it. It puts um, it puts more." Uh, it kind of puts their minds at ease that um, that other normal people running businesses, you know, think that it's it's not just uh, not just a scam, not just a magic internet money. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really important to my early years of hearing about Bitcoin. I didn't necessarily see a lot of people that I viewed as very knowledgeable in certain things connected to money talking about bitcoin it always seemed to be people that were trying to you know earn a quick buck it wasn't people that really seemed to know what they were talking about or communicated in a way where they really showed they knew what they're talking about but finding finding people who are respectable that you can trust who are talking about something that you may have thought was a little crazy makes you at least reconsider, say, hey, did I miss something? And once I started asking myself, did I miss something? Did I assume certain things uh, a little too quickly? I started taking a deeper look at Bitcoin, found out that there's a whole lot more there than I'd realized. So maybe when people have reached out to you, do you find that they end up following through and purchasing Bitcoin? Are you aware of that? Or is it just one of those things where they reach out to you just to, to learn a little bit more and you don't know whether or not they ever decided to actually follow through and purchase? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, I have had some that that have you know reached back out and said, "Hey, I you know I got my first you know twenty dollars worth. I, I set up a um, set up my first wallet. You know things like that." I know for me, when people come running up and telling me, you know, getting right in my face, and you got to do this and that and the other thing, you know, I kind of I kind of want to push them away and, <laughs> and run the other direction. But that kind of just dropping little tidbits and stepping away, you know, and I. I look at it as as planting seeds and then you come back and you put a little water on it and then you go away for a while and then you come back and put some more water on it. I'm a big fan of the the tortoise versus the hare story, you know, and I'm very much the tortoise that it's those slow, steady things that um, I think that in our instantaneous world with with the internet and phones and everything else we sometimes lose sight of of what just a little bit of effort can do when you put it in on a regular basis and you have persistence and you know you don't get too excited but you don't get too down either and you just keep working towards the goal you know you just keep one step after the other and eventually you look up and and you realize you're you're right where you want to be so you had mentioned you found out about Bitcoin listening to a podcast. I think you said it was at least to some degree about homesteading. So it sounds like you've already you were already on that self sovereign type of journey before coming to Bitcoin. I'm curious though, did you kind of have uh, concerns about fiat, concerns about inflation before coming to Bitcoin as well, or has Bitcoin shed light on that and brought that more to the fore for you? It has definitely shed shed more light, and I found myself um, 
becoming more well-versed with how macroeconomics work, with, with more history of money, you know, through, you know, even reading the Bitcoin standard. And like I said, price of tomorrow, that's the, those things have definitely shifted all of that. But I knew from, from uh, you know, relatively young age when I was, I would say I was 20 years old or so, maybe 21 in 08. And uh, I was working construction at the time and um, everything, you know, the bottom just fell out of everything. I'd worked for a big company that was, um, we put the roads in, we built the houses for a, a Jack Nicholas golf um golf course community. So this was high dollar stuff, you know, and to see it affected that it was, it was like, wow, you know, this is, this is really big. And, um, and when I was 20, I didn't really know what any of it meant. But that really had me, um, that really put me on a path to, to learn more. I studied real estate, I studied entrepreneurship, um, small business ownership, and, and uh, definitely knew that that our system was bad and kind of given up on on the chance of putting value into some monetary instrument, you know, so I kept it in um, the things that I knew would provide me value, um, a good place to live, productive land, animals that produce food, uh, gardens, all of that kind of thing. And so it really wasn't uh, until finding Bitcoin that I realized that it wasn't impossible to have have a good sound money that a couple of people in a room somewhere that know nothing about me, you know, can decide um, its issuance, its it's everything, all of the rules about it. And so uh, I was definitely already, I had kind of given up on money as a, as a thing in general. And so Bitcoin um, was really nice to find that, that you could preserve wealth in a monetary instrument. So you mentioned quality goods. I want to talk a little bit about um, what people should maybe be keeping in mind when they're reaching out to contractors. Like what things should they be looking for? What are some things when you're adding on or doing different housing related projects, things you don't want to skimp on. I think all that stuff would be interesting. Before that, could you talk a little bit about what you've seen as far as finding, hiring and retaining good employees? What are some things that have worked well for you to attract and retain employees? The, the the main thing is to to treat them really well, you know, and it seems seems overly simple, but that's really the truth. And uh, and to do that, you know, I offer competitive pay. Obviously, is number one, and then number two, I have good benefits, um, and and good hours. I switch schedules because a lot of guys prefer to work four 10-hour days instead of the five eights. And so um, we've been doing that for a few years, which gives, you know, all my guys, you know, in a place that we live, most everyone wants to play outside all weekend. And so to have a three-day weekend to get out there and explore and hunt and fish and camp and all of that good stuff uh, really makes a difference. And, and then I think also giving them giving them more responsibility and control over the jobs and the outcome. And that was something that was pretty tough for me in the beginning. And I think that's part of why I didn't attract as good of employees and wasn't able to retain as good of employees is because, you know, it's when you've started a company, but doing it for a few years and you feel like you're finally building something, you, it feels like you've got an awful lot to lose. And that's true. But uh, you, you kind of got to listen to the song, hang on loosely, because if you, you know, um, if you, if you hold too tight, you know, a lot of em employees will get pretty tired of being held in that stranglehold. So 
You mentioned earlier that there are now cheaper goods out there being used, so the prices of things should be going down. They haven't been going down. I think there's a lot of people that are concerned that cheaper goods, uh, goods that are cheaper to produce, are also cheaper in quality. I'd love to hear from you about what people should not be skimping on or maybe what they should be aware of and stay away from when it comes to conversations with contractors, if people are looking to build add-ons or just do things around their house. Because it's, it's an area where a lot of people, they don't have the knowledge that they need. There's always that like, it's kind of like with uh, working with someone who's fixing your car. You just, you got to find someone you trust because you don't necessarily always know if they're telling you the truth. So any insight you can provide, I think it'd be valuable, whether they're looking to add on now because they don't want to buy a home <laughs> in the short term or <laughs> when they're looking to do something in the future. Yeah, definitely. So I think that um, that I find a lot of people want things to look look the nicest for the least amount of dollars. And, and typically... W- if I always tell people get you know get a lot of bids, there's there's nothing wrong with asking people to come out, bid the job, and and not hiring them. That happens to me occasionally. Um, it happens to other people. That's that's part of the gig of of being an independent contractor. And so I always tell people to get a lot of options, and a lot of it is really based on on the the connection and the feel you make with that person. Generally speaking, I think um, when when prices come in really low, there's a reason for that. <laughs> and and usually those jobs don't go very well. I've had uh, many customers come to me that they, they wanted to use me, but they showed me another bid that was way less. I had one instance I remember um, where they said the bid was about half of my bid, and, and she showed it to me. And I told her, that doesn't even cover the city permitting cost, because you had to cut up the road to do the work. And I said, there's no way that, that anyone can do it for that price. You know, so make sure if you're going to go that route, make sure you get something, you know, that, that they don't come back to you and, and charge double after the fact. And so um, having those contracts written, having things really well spelled out, not just that's not just so that there's there's litigation um, potential afterwards, but the more clear and the more everyone's on the same page from the beginning, the less chance it's ever going to go south. And so um, having contracts spelled out really well and comparing multiple is so key because then you can take you can have a lot better idea of what you like and what you don't like when you when you cast a little wider net. Have you noticed as you've been working across the last seven or eight years that there's been a decrease in the quality of products. Is that something that that's a real problem or is it just perceived when it, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm pretty sure that appliances are not as good as they used to be a lot of times. But if you found that to be true for building materials and other things you might be working with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it's, it's just about across the board. Um, the places where I don't think that's true is where they've come up with almost a totally new technology. So I gave the example earlier of copper versus PEX. Um, PEX pipe, I've, I've worked on, on boats that were using salt water, and, and these systems had been in for 10, 12 years, and they're vibrating and shaking back and forth in the waves, and, and there's not a single pinhole. There's nothing wrong with it at all whatsoever. So um, in the case of some of those new technologies, I would say uh, luxury vinyl plank for flooring has is, is become really popular. Um, it's not as pretty as, as true hardwood, but it also holds up to dogs. 
dogs and to rocks in my work boots and, and all of that stuff holds up to water, you know, a whole lot better than than wood does. Um, outside of that, like you say, with with appliances, they are not made nearly as well. I've got a, a stand-up freezer that we keep meat in that I think was made in, in 58 or so and uh, still just humming along out, out in the shop. And um, the, any freezer you buy today will, will not be here in, you know, 65, 70 years. Um, and then even even with lumber, I would say it's uh, it's not it's not as strong as it used to be. And they've somewhat compensated for that by adding, you know, it used to be you just had your your two by fours and um, and then siding over it. And so now we're putting uh, two by sixes for exterior walls and then using shear with uh, with OSB and then waterproofing. And so I would say as far as the, the structure, most homes today are really built quite a bit more solid than, than they were, you know, 50, 60 years ago, which is kind of counterintuitive to, to a lot of us that see a lot of other things degrading. But that's a big part of why, you know, the cost has risen so much, even though, you know, I've got a nail gun now that, you know, I can put 30 nails per second into boards compared to, um, you know, the old timers swinging hammers. Well, Josh, I appreciate you sharing today, you know, given the insight of, uh, of a contractor, sharing a little bit about the real world difficulties of a business owner who's interested in Bitcoin, but whose customers aren't yet usually interested in Bitcoin. I appreciate all that you've shared with us today. Do you have any final thoughts before we finish out today's interview? Yeah, I would just say be, be, um, be really conscientious of how how you're spending your time and where you're placing your value. You know, like I said, for for me as a monetary instrument, the the number one place is Bitcoin, um, and then outside of that, I think uh, for for things maybe that um, that aren't monetary instruments, you know, it's it's relationships, community. Um, animals that, that provide value, land, um, all of those things are really something that uh, regardless of what um, the latest news story that flashes across your screen, all of those things are still always the right thing to be doing, you know, so, um, so that, that feels good. Great. Well, Josh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Josh. Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Josh, you can find our links down in the show notes. If you're in Oregon, check out Rock and K Contracting. And if you're looking for other Bitcoiners doing business, check out bitlist.com. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn stats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today